the book of Hebrews. We're going to be in Hebrews again this week and next week. What I thought would be a two-week series has suddenly become a three-week series, so we'll be back next week. It was just so much to cover. I didn't want to rush through it. Uh, as you're turning to Hebrews chapter 13, you know, at 6 p.m. on December 31st, just about 10 days ago, a monumental change happened in our immediate area, double WFLO, a stalwart in information and entertainment, signed off for the very last time at 6 p.m. And I was sad, and, and I'm certain many of you were sad. For 75 years, they had been on the airwaves. In fact, I was so sad that I actually kept the radio on until about 6.30, thinking maybe they'll come back on again, knowing really they wouldn't. But I did listen to this local radio station throughout the day. It was sort of a nostalgic day as I began to think about the years of listening, the personalities, the music. And I began to think, oh, where are we going to put our weather-related announcements? Because so many of our people, especially those not connected with the Internet, the way we communicate church closing is through our local radio station. But as I was going through the day on December 31st, I realized that things do change, don't they? The Bible tells us so. The writer of Ecclesiastes says that there are seasons for certain things and seasons for other things. Times change, things change. My hair gets thinner and thinner. My children leave the house and have an empty nest. Friends move out of the area. We lose loved ones. You know, not all change is bad. I don't want to say that at all because there's a lot of change that is very good. But if we're honest, there's something comfortable with having things not change. There's something that we long to have just that to which we can hold that doesn't change. On WFLO, as I was listening December 31st, I was drawn really to the first verse of this morning's text. I was going through a study in the chapter, and it was really a source of comfort for me in a day of change. Look with me, if you would, at Hebrews chapter 13, beginning in verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Just think on that a moment. Then verse 9, Don't be led astray by various kinds of strange teaching, for it is good for the heart to be established by grace and not by food regulations, since those who observe them have not benefited. We have an altar from which those who worship at the tabernacle do not have a right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the most holy place by the high priest as a sin offering are burned outside the camp. Therefore, Jesus also suffered outside the gate so that he might sanctify the people by his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing his disgrace. For we do not have an enduring city here. Instead, we seek the one to come. Let us pray. Father, as 
We live in the midst of these days that seem to always be changing. These words that we just read are a comfort. Lord, you do not change. The gospel of Jesus Christ does not change. And for those who have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, we're not living toward a moving target, toward an insecure place, but we're moving toward our heavenly abode, which is secure in the heavens. We thank you for that. And I lift this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. As I shared, we're in the midst of a series of messages titled New Instructions or Instructions for the New Year. And for that matter, always. When we were last together a couple of weeks ago, and didn't Brian do a great job last week? I appreciate it. I'm, I'm a blessed pastor and that I have a number of individuals I can call on right here within this congregation to fill in. But two weeks ago when we were together, we looked at the first seven verses of this chapter, and we saw really four things that we're to do in this new year. Uh, we see uh, first that we are to stay connected in uh, the local church. That, that that's important. It sounds simple, but we need the local church. I pray for my children, and one of the prayers, especially for uh, my latter two children, my, my oldest child is in ministry, so he better be at church, but my other two, uh, I pray that they will stay connected in the fellowship of the local church. And so it says there, let brotherly love continue in verse 1 of this chapter. Then secondly, as we go into this new year, we should desire to minister to others. Notice verse 2, don't neglect to show hospitality, for by doing this, some have welcomed angels as guests without knowing it. In other words, when we minister, we don't know how God might work or whom, to whom we may be ministering, but we're to minister to the needs of others. What a great command for us this year. Third, we're to honor marriage. Verse 4, marriage is to be honored by all in the marriage bed kept undefiled. We talked about how it's a command both to the married and to the unmarried. To the unmarried, sex is to be kept within the institution of marriage. And how when we're married, we're to be faithful to our spouse, how when we're dating someone, we need to look at that person as potentially our future spouse or someone else's future spouse. We're to treat that one with respect. And so verse 4 tells us we're to honor marriage. Fourth, we're to place Jesus above possessions. Verse 5, keep your life free from uh, the love of money. Be satisfied with what you had. For he himself has said, I'll never leave you nor abandon you. So today, we want to add to really those four commands, stay connected in the local church, minister to the needs of others, honor marriage, whether we're married or not, place Jesus over possessions. We want to add to it what we see here in verses 8 through 14. And really, the writer of Hebrews is still in the command mode. And in effect, what we see in these seven verses is this. The command, in effect, is this. Stay the course. Stay the course. Jesus Christ doesn't change. In fact, the, the, where we're headed as believers, that doesn't change, not like this world that vacillates. The gospel itself doesn't change. We're not to embrace teachings that are contrary to the gospel. And so his command is stay the course. You know, if we're followers of Jesus Christ, sincere followers of Jesus Christ, what a command for a new year that we stay 
the course of the Christian faith. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, we're going to see three things that will not change during this year. There may be a lot of things, but three things that will not. The person of Christ, he is the same yesterday and forever and today. We also see that the gospel does not change. We see that he warns those who have embraced a strange teaching, and he didn't say, well, that's okay, it changes. No, he says, the measure of the true gospel doesn't change. And then finally we see in verse 14 that he says that this life that we're living is not an enduring. This reality, what we see here, this earth, is not our enduring abode, but we look beyond that toward our eternal state. So if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you can be sure of this this year. Jesus will not change, the gospel will not change, and your destination will not change. Now, if you've never believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, the first two are true. Jesus does not change, the gospel does not change, but I pray today your eternal destination would change. Because right now, your destination is not to God, not toward heaven, but your destination is a separation from God, and you need to correct that today. Follow the Lord Jesus Christ, and you can have the assurance that you'll live forever in a place that does not move or change. So I want to look at each of these today, and the first thing I want you to know with me, the Lord Jesus has not, does not, and will not change. That's what verse 8 says. We are living in changing times. Try to go by bacon, and you know what I'm saying. It is more. Prices are changing. Inflation is happening. Uh, we hear, well, this variant is rising, and this one's going down, and beware of this other one that may come in the future, and Believe me, I respect diseases. I understand all that. I'm not making a statement one way or the other. I'm just saying we've been through the gamut of stuff in this past year, and we will also face the reality that things will change this year. Things that we see now we may not see. People that we uh, have in our presence now may not be with us, but the good news is this. Jesus will not change. He has never changed, nor will he ever change. We need to anchor our lives in ever-changing days to the one who doesn't change. The closest that I've knowingly come to losing my life was a number of years ago when my daughter Whitney was a young child. We visited Myrtle Beach, and I'm an okay swimmer. I would call myself an average swimmer, not a great swimmer but not a bad swimmer. I can stay above the water, swim above water. It's not a struggle for me. But this day, there was a struggle. I mean, we uh, were out, and we thought we weren't too far out, and all of a sudden, this force began to pull me, and I was helpless. I don't know what an undertow is. I think I experienced it that day. And to make matters worse, Whitney was about eight or nine years old, and she was clinging on me, and I was trying to keep myself above water. And we went from having a lot of fun and laughing to I literally was thinking, we're going to die. And by the grace of God, the water thrust us toward an old fishing pier that was solid enough, and I grabbed the post of that thing until the force of the water subsided. I thought about that often how good God was toward me. 
But in the midst of that turmoil, what did I need? What was I looking for? What was I blessed to experience? Something that wasn't moving. As you go through this year, I can't predict to you. I'm not a prophet. I can't tell you what you're going to go through. But I can tell you, in all likelihood, you'll go through some changes. There'll be some good changes. There'll be some difficulties. But on the authority of God's word, I can tell you this. Hold to him. Anchor your life to the one who doesn't change, who's not taken by surprise by the world's happening. Jesus Christ doesn't change. We ask, Pastor, how do I do that? I want to hold to him. I know he doesn't move. And I've been reading a book written by a man named Billy Mowry. It's called Walk With Me. It's a book uh, published by Moody Press, but he was involved with Navigators. Maybe you've heard of the organization. But Mowry presents uh, a diagram in the book that the navigators use, and, it, and it's a circle or a wheel, rather, with four spokes. Two are vertical and two horizontal. The two vertical have to do with our relationship with God. The, the horizontal deal with our relationship with others. But in that, the two spokes that move vertically in our relationship with God are prayer and Bible study. In other words, the way we anchor ourselves to God is through prayer and Bible study. Now, prayer is speaking to God, but prayer is also being quiet in the presence of God. Sometimes we look at prayer as being compartmentalized from the study of the Word, and sometimes it is. But many times, prayer and the study of the Word go together. So you say, how do I anchor myself to the one in whom it says, verse 8, that he never changes. We do it by devoting ourselves to reading the Bible, to praying. You may say, I don't know where to begin to read. I would love to share with you, but I would encourage you to. There, there's some small booklets there. One's Our Daily Bread. I, I really have enjoyed that. It's spoken to me throughout various times of my life. That may be a place to begin. Engage in Sunday school. Many times you can take that quarterly home and study it during the day. Pray, spend time with God. The second thing that does not change, the gospel of Jesus Christ does not change. You know, it's evident as we begin reading in verse 9 that the writer is addressing in all likelihood Jews who had believed the gospel but we're being tempted to go back and embrace certain ceremonial laws of Judaism. And for lack of a better way of saying it, they felt like Jesus wasn't enough, that you needed to add certain regulations. They were adding their works to what Jesus had done. And the writer of Hebrews here is upset. In fact, as I was reading that, he probably was thinking of those Jews that came out of Egypt. Remember the, the terrible turmoil they were in and bondage in Egypt, and they got out. They were begging for water. They were begging for food, and they said, oh, that we would go back to Egypt. They forgot how bad things were. By the grace of God, God brought them through that season. But here we see that there were people in the churches there to whom the writer is writing here that were contemplating going back to Old Testament law. And, and so the writer here is contrasting life by the law 
in life by grace in God. Notice uh, what it says. Don't be led astray by various kinds of strange teachings. In other words, don't vary. The gospel does not change. For it is good for the heart to be established, what, by grace and not by food regulations. So we know it had to do with dietary law, but what he's saying, you need to be filled by God's grace, not by your own works. Paul says a similar thing when he speaks to the Galatians. He's upset because they were trying to add works to the law uh, to faith in Christ. And he says in verse 6 of Galatians 1, I'm amazed that you're so quickly turning from him who called you, what, by the grace of Christ, and are turning to a different gospel, which is not the same gospel, which is not the true gospel. So there's one thing we can be sure about this coming year, and as we move forward into eternity, the gospel does not change. Tell me the old, old story, because it's the same, same story, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Boy, does our news change. It changes by the day, sometimes by the hour. A nation is at peace, and now it's not at peace. This disease is moving, now it's being contained. This political uh, group is in power, now it's not. But there's one piece of news that doesn't change. The gospel of Jesus Christ. You can't add to it, because if you add to it, you change it, and it's not to change. It does not change. You cannot take from it. It does the same. What is the gospel of Jesus Christ? It is the message that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us. And the wages of that sin is death. That's the bad part of the news. But the good part of the news is that Jesus Christ came to die for our sins. And he was raised from the dead and he lives forever. That's the gospel that Jesus paid the price of your sin. Jesus took upon himself your debt, and he lives forever. It is not the gospel of works that we would add to what he has done. It is the gospel of grace, G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. Now, the world doesn't understand this. By that, I mean the world system. It works contrary to the world system, and it's a good thing it does. And really, in verses 10 through 13, the writer gives an illustration from Old Testament Jewish law to illustrate the truth that following the unchanging Christ, believing on the unchanging gospel of Christ, will lead you to be in a way that's contrary to much of the world. In fact, in verse uh, 10, he speaks, we have an altar from which those who worship at the tabernacle do not have a right to eat. In other words, he's comparing the new covenant in Christ to the old covenant, and he's saying that our altar is the Lord Jesus Christ, his blood that was sacrificed. And then in verse 11, he speaks about the day of atonement. The day of atonement is described in the book of Hebrews in, in another part in chapter 7. But the Day of Atonement was that time once a year when the high priest would go into the most holy place of the temple and he would offer sacrifice for the sins of the people, all of the unintentional sins, and all of that would be covered in that one day. And it, it was one of the festivals that were uh, commanded of the Lord. But notice what he says, 
For the bodies of those animals under the old covenant, that is, whose blood is brought into the most holy place by the high priest as a sin offering are burned outside of the camp. In other words, during the Day of Atonement under the Old Covenant, the animal, the perfect unblemished male animal, would be sacrificed. The blood would be placed on the altar, but the body would be discarded. The body had no value. It was not esteemed. They had to be burned outside of the camp. They had to be taken away from the camp. But notice what he says about Jesus here in verse 12. Therefore, Jesus also suffered outside the gate so that he might sanctify the people by his own blood. What happened under the old covenant? The blood was offered on the altar and it was acceptable. The body was destroyed outside of the gates of the city. Be saying ironically, but truly and interestingly, that that's what happened to Jesus. We're sanctified by his blood, the once for all sacrifice. But where was his body broken? Outside of the gates of the holy city, not in the temple. And so we see that all of the old covenant was pointing toward Christ, who himself has sanctified us by his blood, but his body was broken. And when it was broken, the great majority of people of what said he's accursed. They hung him with thieves. They considered him not to be of God. In God's eyes, it was the perfect sacrifice, but for the world, so few people understood so what does he tell us here in verse 13? Let us then go to him outside the camp. In other words, outside of the gates. And he qualifies that by saying bearing his disgrace. In other words, the world doesn't understand the gospel. The Jews think it's, it's a cursed thing. The, the Gentiles think it's foolishness. The world system fights against it, but for those of us who embrace it, we need to be willing to stand with Christ outside of the gate of acceptance, clinging to the unchanging gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, there's a third thing that doesn't change. The person of Christ doesn't change. The message of the person of Christ, the gospel doesn't change. But for the believer, our destination does not change. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're headed somewhere. And that place is not a moving target. It's not like it's here and then it's there or it's visible and it's not visible or it's real and it's not real. We don't see it with our eyes, but spiritually we understand we are headed somewhere. God is not one who reneges on a promise. Jesus said, my sheep, that is, my followers, they hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. In other words, if you're a true believer in Jesus Christ, your eternity is secure. God's not an Indian giver. He's saying, okay, you got it now, now you don't have it. So many people are living in the bondage of thinking, I've got to keep my salvation, I've got to keep this, I've... Who is the one that keeps? Jesus. He's the one that says it cannot snatch from the hand. That, my friend, is the security of the believer. You didn't work your way to gaining it, and your works will not keep you there. It is the grace of God that keeps us 
in him. And if you're a true disciple of Christ, your ultimate destination is set. Your destination does not change. It's not a moving target. You can be secure in it. Look at what it says in verse 14, our last verse in the text today. For we do not have an enduring city here. Instead, we seek the one to come. Reminds me earlier in chapter 11, verse 26, and speaking of Moses, says of Moses being willing to reveal that he was of God, said he considered reproach for the sake of Christ to be greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt since he was looking ahead to the reward. A good thought for us in 2022, in fact, a good theme for us in 2022 is to live with an awareness of where we're heading. This, this year may change. There may be ups and downs. There may be here, there. But our eternal destination doesn't change. And we need to live with a consciousness that we're heading somewhere. I love to cut my grass in season. I've got to get Chris to help me get my belt fixed. But uh, I, I won't go into that. I, I blew that this fall, fooling with leaves. But I enjoy cutting grass. One thing I've learned is... Uh, I have some OCD tendencies. I like my lines to be straight when I cut. And it so happens that where my house is and 636 are not actually parallel. In fact, 636, if you follow it, it sort of curves into 608. And the east of it is just not straight. So you know what I do? I ignore that. When I cut the grass, if I start on the western part of my yard, I set my eyes right on this stake that the power company put out and I cut right toward that. And then guess what? The next line is straight. The next line is straight. And the next line is straight. I don't cut looking at the way 636 is doing or I'll begin to go like that. I keep my eyes straight ahead. Believer in 2022, I don't know what's gonna come up with this disease. I don't know what's gonna come up in your personal life, in your work life, all I can tell you is keep your eyes on the target that doesn't change your heavenly abode. If you're a believer today, three things I promise you this year will not change. The Lord Jesus Christ, the gospel will not change. We must hold it. Paul says, let a person be accursed if they think. He said, Paul said, even if I or an angel from God were to try to present to you a gospel other than this, let him be accursed. The gospel will not change. And if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, where you're headed is not a moving target. You're headed somewhere. Now today, if you've never trusted Christ, wouldn't you like that third thing to be true? The first two are true. But for you today, the third thing can be true. You say, how? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Say, Lord, I'm a sinner. God, I need you in my life. God, I'm tired of running my life. I confess my sin to you. I want you to be Lord of my life. I believe in you. And I believe, Lord, that Jesus died for me and rose again. And the words of your Bible that tell me if I believe I'd have a home in heaven, I trust it today. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you confess that today? Wouldn't you go with him outside of the camp? Go outside of the norm and trust in him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word here in Hebrews, for the truth of it. We thank you, Lord, for the unchanging nature of the person of Christ. 
the unchanging nature of the gospel, the message of Christ, and the unchanging destination for those who've trusted in him. Lord, if there be any here today who have yet to believe on you, I pray, Lord, your spirit would work in a mighty way, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.